Hello and welcome to another episode of Starside Chat. I am one of your hosts, Aaron, and with me as always is Zach. How's it going, Zach? Pretty good. I'm pretty excited. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We got some games to talk about, and I do have a little surprise for you. Whoa. Should I, we I don't get know to if, it up at the top? I mean, we can. I don't know if you want to dive into this particular topic yet, but I have been playing Elden Ring. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> So we Let's can talk, talk a lot more about that this week. I don't know if you want to do the news first or if you want to just dive right into Elden Ring. Let's, uh, hmm, I guess, uh, let's do the news first because we'll okay. talk, talk about Elden Ring a bunch. Okay, yeah, that could be a long conversation, so. Uh, they announced a new Pokemon game, I guess is the biggest news. <laughs> yeah, so this happened like the day after we recorded our last week podcast, and we were talking about like what Nintendo was going to do <laughs> towards the end of this year. That's true. And, uh, well, it turns out this is it. Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet is what they're going to have. Yeah, they just did a random live stream on a Sunday in America. Uh and at the end of it, they were just like, take a look at this. And it's a fully, it's a new Pokemon game. People speculate that it's in kind of like a Mediterranean or a Spain, Spanish area. Yeah. Uh, they showed the new starters. It's supposed to be open world? It looks like it take it takes a lot of cues from Arceus uh, in that it does look like it's not going to be as li- like routes you have to walk down. But who can say? I mean. Is it too much it, Pokemon I, in one year? I don't know. That's a good question because Arceus, I guess, was a different team, and so they were just working concurrently on both of these things. Um, yeah. So but... we had the remake of what? What was it? Diamond and Pearl? Is that the right? Yes. Uh, I believe towards that is the end correct. of last year, and then a couple months later, they had Arceus, and now at the end of the year, it's a brand new Pokemon game. It's a lot of. It Pokemon. is a lot of Pokemon. <laughs> it's a lot of Pokemon uh, within like. A 12-month span. <laughs> Which one of these starters is the one that you would go with? Uh, I like the duck. So I also like the duck. It might be the duck. Uh, Quaxley, I believe, is... Quaxley, yes. What I What I always love to speculate on is how insane the evolutions second evolutions are going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are these things going to look like? After they've evolved twice. Yeah, so the other uh, starters I, are... There's a grass cat Pokemon named Sprigatito. Mm-hmm. And a fire croc named Fuicoco. Fuicoco, yeah. Um, the idea of a fire-breathing crocodile does seem rather appealing to me as well. Do you think any of these... The duck, I think we can speculate, will just be a duck, but bigger. Sure. But do you think the crocodile or the cat will eventually be on two legs, like a human? I mean, the croc, at its base form, is already on two legs. So basically, very, very yeah, possibly, true. it could just look like a T-Rex by the time it's done evolving. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do like, I tend to favor fire or water pokemon for my starters i pretty much Mm. never go with the grass one because it it seems like it seems like the grass one's a little harder because they're so weak to (laughs) a lot of things that you encounter even like early on in the game because you're always like coming across like bug pokemon like early on in the game yeah and it's weak to that but also like fire pokemon it's weak to so what was your uh starter in sword and shield what were the starters in Sword and Shield? I don't even remember. There was the bunny. There was the fire bunny, and then the sad lizard, the crying yeah. lizard, and then uh, the grass monkey with the drums, Grookey. I, I went with the sad lizard. I remember that now. <laughs> it was the the water one because he had this like snipe shot power that was like oh, very yeah. strong that I remember using a lot. Um, and then you don't. I guess you get one in Arceus, but you're, like, swapping Pokemon in and out so much that it's, like, not really much of a thing. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, like, I feel like they're finally getting to where everybody wants Pokemon to be. Yeah. And I am just, like, increasingly less and less 
interested <laughs> in the franchise. Like I, yeah. I got Arceus thinking, oh, this is going to be the thing that gets me back into it. And I thought it was great. I liked what I played of it, and I thought it was a very good like step in the right direction for the series. But I just like I had no appetite for it once I started it. I was just like, yeah, I don't know. They also announced uh, like an update for Arceus, the Daybreak update, which was like day and date. They were like, it's available later today. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, I like when they do that. Yeah, I love like when the announcement and the release date happen to be the same time. <laughs> it's a nice <laughs> surprise. But moving on to the next thing, uh, this is something... I like because I liked the game Young Souls, uh, a game. I put up a video on our YouTube channel about Young Souls, but this is a sort of a, a brawler, a, a beat 'em up RPG game that came out exclusively for, well, as a timed exclusive for Stadia last year. Um, it is releasing on PC and console uh, this month, and it is getting a physical release through a limited run. Uh, if you like physical releases as opposed to digital downloads. Um, but Young Souls and Guardians of the Galaxy and a new game, Far Changing Tides, are all coming to Game Pass this month, month which was, uh, I thought, a pretty good lineup of additions to Game Pass. Far Changing Tides looks very interesting to me. I have almost bought that Far Tide loan sales or whatever the first one was called yeah. a bunch of times but I just have not pulled the trigger on it. I think it's like $2 on uh, Switch on the Nintendo eShop right now. It's like two ninety nine or something. Um, but I just have not had time or the interest to play it. But uh, Far, Far Changing Tides looks like it's like expanded a lot on the formula where you're like leaving your little craft a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And it's it looks really interesting to me, but... Um, I don't know. I keep going back and forth. I should get Game Pass. I just have not done it yet. Yeah, it's a, a really good value. I've played a good number of games on it since I got it last year, and they keep adding like good stuff to it. Especially like I liked Guardians of the Galaxy quite a bit mm -hmm. when I played it last year. So if you've got Game Pass, that would be one to check out for sure. Uh, same with Young Souls. So they've got some interesting stuff on there. Uh, they also added microsoft flight simulator which oh you can play apparently in the cloud as well so if you do that that's something interesting to check out. i've heard good things about kentucky route zero that's another one they added yeah i've also heard that's really good so pretty good lineup for game pass um this month um another interesting thing i i want to jump down to this uh amazon luna now being available yes, i saw this for prime subscribers um you think you'll check this out at all are you a prime you're a prime subscriber right oh yeah i live right next to a, uh, a distribution center so frequently i will order something and then it comes by like the same day at 9 p.m really? just because i'm right next to it that's awesome um so I will continue to be an Amazon, and also I mean I watched I haven't finished the Expanse yet, so that's in my backlog. Mm. But uh, I enjoy being an Amazon Prime member, even though they keep upping the prices. And I don't know if I will check this I, out. That um, made me wonder: did they up the price because they knew they were going to roll out Luna as an added benefit, but they didn't want to say that for the people that don't play games? Oh, by the way, you're also paying for gaming now. <laughs> so they just like upped the price uh, as like a standalone announcement, and then later added gaming. I wonder how it will be. Uh compared to stadia and i also don't know like can i cast amazon luna stuff to a chromecast i don't think so right i doubt it i feel like you'll need a fire stick for that um pass on that so i can pretty much only play it on my computer but you I, can I, play I it on your phone you could play it yeah, on your computer um but yeah i don't want to have to get <laughs> a fire stick in order to play it on my I tv agree. but yeah you can definitely just play it on your computer and that's just like another source of games that you have access to since you're already you're already paying for prime i looked at the current lineup of free games and there was nothing that jumped out at me as something i super want to play right now but if something does come there let's see they've got like devil may cry 5 which i played a little bit of and it was fine 
flashback? I don't know what that is. But, uh, like, if something cool comes on here, I would definitely check it out and play it on my computer. But for now, yeah, it's I, this, interesting, it's but not It's a similar story to Stadia where it just, like, it needs time to cook a little bit. And they need to, like, so, yeah. build up the library before there's, like, some stuff that's super interesting to me. And, like, I don't know that Amazon has, like... I mean, obviously, they do have their their games division that, like, makes games. But, weirdly... I don't think New World or Lost Ark are on Luna. No, I don't think so either. It's so just weird. It would, it, it would seem to make a lot more sense for them to launch those as like games that you can play with your subscription on for Prime on Amazon Luna. But call me crazy. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so um, that seems like this? an oversight. But uh, another thing to hop back to, uh, Call of Duty is taking a year off for the first time in 17 years i don't know that this is like because of the microsoft acquisition or if this is just like uh, a sort of thing that just happened to coincide as sort of a coincidental thing i don't know because it's like it's like two or three different teams right that all rotate and they put out a call of duty each year so they're all concurrently working on them so one of those teams i guess has been retasked in some way and they're basically been told you know well we're not going to release something because i mean you would think if they were planning on releasing it this year it's already been in development for at least two or three years right um i mean they do pump these things out but i guess they're just i don't know what the plan is maybe they're retasking them to another game or maybe they really are going to be like well we don't need uh like three different studios doing this we can just consolidate this now that we're owned by microsoft and it can be like uh, every two years or something, but it's interesting. I haven't played a Call of Duty in a very long time, so it doesn't super affect me, but I know people are always looking for, I mean, there are a ton of YouTube channels which are basically only about Call of Duty and like Call of Duty news. Yeah, I, I'm. it's been many years since I played a Call of Duty campaign, but I have like dabbled in the multiplayer of, I think it was Black Ops 4 and the remake of Modern Warfare that they did a few mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Uh, and I thought those were cool, but it was just like more Call of Duty. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I'm curious where they go with this. And to your point of like these uh, developers have been like, they're pumping them out. So they're constantly sort of on the grind working um, so each release has already been like every time it's a new Call of Duty every year, you're like, oh, how are they doing this? Well, it's because like a different developers doing them and they've been working <laughs> on it for th- the last three years yeah. um, because of the rotation. But that makes you wonder if they can take like when Microsoft bought them, did they be were they did they have a game in production? They were like, stop what you're doing. We're going <laughs> to we're going to move you <laughs> cancel cancel Call of Duty. I, I don't know. I think that probably is what happened because there's no way there wasn't one geared up to be this year. Right. Microsoft must have come in and been like, <laughs> the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> you have to stop. They came in and like, this is, it's enough already. You guys can stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure more info about that and how all of that went down will come out eventually, but be right now we can just though. speculate on it. But um, Do you have any interest in this uh Ghostwire Tokyo, you have a PS5, so you could play this on console. It's coming out on Is PS4 console exclusive? as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's a console exclusive for PlayStation. I think... Is this... Uh, I always mix these up. Is, this isn't a Bethesda joint, is mm, it? Is it? Is this one of those weird, like, Microsoft owns them, but they had already... Yeah, it's published by Bethesda. Yeah. So I think okay. this is one of those weird, like, it had already been decided that it was going to be a PlayStation exclusive, but mm-hmm. Microsoft owns Bethesda, and so that's kind of a weird thing. But but it's getting a visual novel uh, prequel? Yeah. So I don't know a whole lot about this, but I think it's interesting. Um, it's supposed to focus on the main character, and it's supposed to take place six months before the events of the game. Uh, it was announced on the the PlayStation blog. Uh, oh, does this game release on March 25th, the same day as Kirby Forgotten? Ooh. 
That's crazy. I did not think it was that early. February and March are packed for some reason every year. Well, for sure this year because everything got pushed back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I think this game looks interesting. I probably will play it, but I think if it also comes to PC, which I think it is, I may play it on PC and, instead of mm. PS5 just because it's a first-person game. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, or on your Steam Deck. Ooh, on my Steam Deck. Well, actually, I don't. I don't think I will get my like invite to actually buy one until the end of April. I think was the time frame. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's something that maybe I could play on my Steam Deck at some point. Uh, I've been watching some cool videos on that too, not to get too sidetracked, but, uh, I think it was IGN put up a video about like seven different things that you can do on the steam deck that is not gaming. And, uh, they were talking about how you can basically plug it into a dock and use it as like a work computer if you had to. (laughs) And they had like downloaded Chrome and like Spotify and they had used it to like work on the script for the video that they were making about it. So I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that it is basically just a computer that you can take portably and play games with, but I'm into it. I, that's my favorite part about it. Yeah. It's very cool. Especially like for sure you, but even I will have to think about like upgrading my computer in the next like couple of years and it's true it might just be a especially thing. with uh starfield coming out yeah and it might just be a thing where i can just like use my steam deck instead that would be very cool and that would make me buy one i mean i have to see it, it may not be like are. the super high-end experience that you would get with like a, a normal desktop computer but i mean it opens the door it does for sure um <clears throat> Did you know that Epic Games bought Bandcamp this week? I did see that. I like I own music through Bandcamp, so I thought that was pretty cool. It, it seems like, at least from what I read, uh, Bandcamp actually released like a uh, like a little statement about it, and they said that they're going to still be working independently. Uh, but it will allow them to sort of expand Bandcamp internationally and it's supposed to help them improve like their website and their app and everything. So that's cool. Uh, I'm into that. I don't, I don't know how else <laughs> that'll go. It, I guess it'll just be owned by Epic Games now and it'll just be this sort of well, invisible layer that nobody really has to think about. Epic, I mean, they they keep doing these big concerts in Fortnite. Oh, yeah. So maybe they were like, let's streamline this and also have a music distribution platform that we can like incorporate into. I mean, that's just what I was thinking. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I didn't think about that when I read this news. That It probably is from like Epic's side of the, the deal, what they were thinking when they made uh, mm-hmm. the purchase. But um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't, I don't know... <laughs> where it's going but uh as long as they can improve their app i think their app needs a little bit of work so (laughs) um i'm into that idea for sure i have two things i want to talk about briefly okay so i we talked last week uh i had been having some trouble getting into elden ring and i told you i was going to play more and then i played more but then i just stopped playing and I watched like a bunch of analysis videos about uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song. People who had taken the like thirty-minute uh, gameplay demo from the twenty nineteen E three and just like made tons of videos speculating about what the game could be. So I have a bunch of Hollow Knight recommendations in my YouTube, and uh, I think because of that, I got a recommendation for this Crow Sworn game, which I think is on Kickstarter. And it appears to be just a Hollow Knight clone, but in all the best ways. It looks very similar uh, artistically, but you have a gun. Oh, yeah, it uh, does. And it looks super cool. This is not the so same I thought developer. I would... it just, they just basically used yeah, what appears to be like the, the same, same assets, set. basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, you even have, like, a dive that you do that looks very, very similar. Um, but I would play this game because I love Hollow Knight now. Yeah. 
so I thought I would highlight that. Also, uh, you had some trouble with your computer before we started recording. Uh, and so I was just like looking around for more news to put in. And I saw this article about Brutal Hell, do- or Brutal, he- Brutal Hell Royale, which is basically that thing I was talking about. I think when we did that video for... Uh, Man, what was that demo we did a video on for that, like, old-style shooter? Man, what was that called? Um, Not Ion Maiden? Not Ion Maiden. It was the one where I had an axe and I was, like, chopping people's heads off. Oh, yeah. I remember that, but I can't recall the name of it. Not important. But anyway, in that video, I was like, man, what I really want is a battle royale in like this old style of like build engine type of thing cultic. and uh cultic that's what it was yes and brutal doom royale is that thing it's in development they're still like i but they had a 1.0 release and uh i haven't checked this out yet but brutal doom we did a video on forever ago is basically a total redoing of like doom and doom 2 with like a bunch of crazy weapons and like physics they put into the engine somehow and uh a bunch of like different moves and interesting things you can do bots you can put in there um and somebody created a way to have a battle royale within brutal doom and i there's a vi- I, the link i posted is to like uh, the video page of the mod and it looks crazy so i think after this at some point today i'm going to check it out and i will report back but uh this is exactly i mean it's obviously not its own things it's just a mod for brutal doom but uh I think it opens the doorway for other things that look like this. Like a build engine battle royale, I think is a very cool idea. Huh. I don't think this is the build engine, but um, it's uh, something that I'm very interested in. Yeah, we should do a video on this. You should uh, record some gameplay. And... I tried to get it working while I was waiting for you, and it is a little bit finicky because I don't understand how like Doom wads work and like Doom Seeker and things like that. So I will have to watch some tutorials just to like get this actually working because it's built on like super old bones but uh if i do get it working i'll I'll record some gameplay and we'll talk about it uh well so do we want to talk about games that are out this week before we die yeah just briefly i watched a little bit of uh gameplay of shadow warrior 3 and it looks fun um it's like very beautiful to look at yeah uh, and it does look like it's taken a lot of cues from doom and doom eternal as far as like uh doing executions and stuff and it seems cool yeah that's what i thought of when i saw it too it, it looks like sort of uh an asian themed version of doom uh mm-hmm. but with a main character that's kind of like deadpool <laughs> where he's just kind of mm-hmm. constantly yeah. joking and quipping and stuff like that um i have not played these games before you played shadow warrior 2 um i don't know that it's a thing where you need to have played the previous ones i don't well it does seem like uh, a lot of characters have come back from the original ones so probably you do need to make or play at least the reboots but uh not like the super old ones um that are again like build engine games um i think i saw shadow warrior 2 might even be on like game pass probably it came out a while ago yeah but i agree it it definitely looked very beautiful and it seemed like fast and smooth to play um the next game that is out this week uh as we're recording is a game called dawn of monsters which I have played very little of. Uh, I've played the first like few missions. Um, it's out for just about everything. It's on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and uh, Stadia, and I believe PC as well. Um, and it is also getting a physical release through uh, Limited Run if you want to go that route, but uh, it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up uh, where you're playing as uh, kaiju, basically, and it's got a very comic book-looking uh, presentation and art style to it. Uh, I kind of like the look of it. It's uh, interesting for that. I, I'm like beat-em-ups are not necessarily my genre, uh, <laughs> but I think it's kind of a cool game, so worth checking out, especially if you're already like a Stadia Pro subscriber. 
Um, this is the kind of game no that not to. I can see coming to Game Pass eventually. So maybe hold out for that as well. But um, look it up for sure just because the art style is uh, worth checking out. Okay. Let's get into it. Okay. Elden Ring. So I, What class did you start as? I started as a samurai. And oh. I have wondered whether I made the right choice or not. Um, but I have stuck with it so far. I've also wondered if I'm making the right, like, level up choices when I put, mm. like, assign points. Uh, but I, I had sent you a video earlier this week, uh, from Boomstick Gaming where he kind of went through, like, a quick route that you can take uh, as soon as you start the game, basically, that will allow you to get, like, a bunch of items and, um, like, it'll allow you to level up and upgrade your weapon and uh, a bunch of like super necessary things that you want to have like summons and stuff like that. And it's like a super easy route to take throughout uh, like portions of the map and you don't even have to fight anything in order to like get all the stuff. And so I did that. And so I have like a pretty good start for my character, but like, I need to learn like everything. <laughs> it's one of those things where like it's like trying to learn a monster hunter game where like there's the menus are a little bit dense, uh, not as dense as monster hunter menus. Like that game is just like menus on top of menus on top of menus <laughs> and it's super dense and hard to parse, but um it's a like you were saying you were having trouble like parsing the combat. I think I'm in the same boat yes. with you. It feels, I don't want to say clunky, but maybe a little clunky. Um, Slow. Yeah. Well, and so the part I'm on right now, um, I, ha I have only taken out two bosses and none of them were the main bosses. They were just like, one of them was like a, pretty easy like world boss where it's like a skeleton guy and like a boat like a boatman or oh whatever. i saw that one yeah yeah he was not too difficult to kill and another one i there are these like catacombs that you can go into and like the final boss of those they're kind of little dungeons that you can go through the final boss of them is like this like cat sculpture creature that yes. kind of comes to life i have fought that cat as well um i've defeated one of them that you can find fairly early on in the game and i saw there was another one uh somewhere else and so i'm on this other one and i'm have died a bunch of times and have not completed it yet <laughs> um but i want to force my way through it uh which i've also heard is the wrong way to play elden ring it the the general consensus seems to be don't bang your head against bosses if you like encounter one and you can't beat it just go the other way and just explore somewhere else level up a little bit but i also like watched um so there's a, a youtuber that i have sort of followed off and on mainly uh over the years for destiny content uh, named esoteric who's like super good at like pretty much every game he plays and he does these like <laughs> no commentary it's just like here's him soloing this like really difficult destiny content or here's him soloing a, a boss fight in elden ring and i watched him do it. and of course he makes it look super easy <laughs> um but it allowed me to kind of get a sense of like what some of the patterns of the boss are and i understand the patterns of the boss but like actually performing it without like dying yeah <laughs> is still like super difficult and i think it's because i haven't quite worked out timing of like dodges because you get invincibility frames when you dodge but like it's not always clear to me where the moment of impact is when mm -hmm. an enemy attacks you um, so the the cat boss at the end of this catacomb is like he he does one like he does some like range stuff with like magic but he also does um these two different types of physical attacks where one of them he like stands up on his hind legs walks over to you and 
like raises up his melee weapon and in an instant like blink and you miss it it, the it's already on the ground having done like a ton of damage and so it's hard to figure out when to dodge on that one and then there's a, a another attack he does where he moves towards you and then does like a ground pound that has this like sort of aoe effect and for the life of me, I cannot dodge the the AOE. Like, I don't know when it's about to hit me. <laughs> and I feel like I'm timing it correctly, but I still take a ton of damage every time it happens. And so I I, I wish there quite... was more... I wish there was more of, like, feedback where, like, this is what you're doing wrong. Or, like, these are the reasons why this isn't working. Because, like, I feel like you can play this over and over again, and you might get better, but it's just going to be... I don't know. It's like not as satisfying. Conversely, not to always talk about Hollow Knight, but uh, I bought it on PC and started playing it again on PC. And I went through the first like couple of areas and I didn't even get damaged. Like I did the first like three boss fights and I didn't get damaged at all. And each of those boss fights I died like 15 times on. Like the first time you fight Hornet, I was a a wall where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to beat this game. But this time... It was like child's play, just because I had played the game so much, and I'm so I'm not good at it, but I, I'm much better Adapted at it. Now. I understand to it. exactly because that is a game where like tells for enemies are very easy to memorize, and like it's consistently oh if I dodge right now, like hitboxes make sense to me. But I feel like with Elden Ring and other Souls games, you're constantly just like in the polygons of the thing that you're trying to fight, just like whipping at their ankles. And it's, like, confusing to me how to dodge things. Because, like, I don't know. Um, I tried to... So I was dri- I was going around, and I found a place where you can, like, uh, farm a bunch of runes. And to do this... I'm sure you've seen this video since you've been watching a lot of Elden Ring stuff. But there's, like, a ball that you can juke out of the way of. Do you know what I'm talking about? The, they explode? There's, like, a big ball. So you have to go to this one... If you go to this teleporter, it'll teleport you to this place that's, like, high level. So you do that, and then you go to a site of grace, and then you can go down this pathway on this cliff. And after you go down this pathway for a little while, a big ball will spawn behind you and will start to roll towards you. But if you, like, juke out of the way of it on your horse, like, double jump to the left a little bit, it'll just fall off the cliff, and then you'll get 2,000 runes for free because that it's alive, I guess, and you get its runes. Really? And then you just rinse and repeat. So... I was doing that. I did that for like 15 minutes and I got like 12,000 runes or whatever, more than that. But uh, half of the times, not half, but a a large amount of the times, I was sure that I was out of the hitbox of this ball, but it still knocked me off my horse. And I, that basically I had to just do it over again. But Hmm. I don't know. I think I have always seen these things about how the hitboxes are so cool to see in Dark Souls games. Like I've seen a lot of slow motion videos of people dodging out of the way of swords just in time, but I don't know, man. It's it's very hard for me to visually get that information. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I can't quite work out at which point in my dodge roll maneuver my invincibility frames are. Yeah. And I also can't quite work out at what point uh, in an enemy's attack the damage will register. So I can't quite yeah. line those up just right. <laughs> and so- now, I sent you that... Um, that one video, my TikTok recently has been 90% Elden Ring clips. Um, and it does seem like there's a good skill you can get where instead of dodge rolling, you just like shadow step to the left or right. Did you, did I see you, send you that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that. And I wonder if that would make it easier for me, but I don't even know. Well, I, I, think, I might try and go get I that. I think that's an ash of war, which unless you're putting a lot of points into like mind or whatever, you may not even be able to use it as much as you want to. I think I am. Cause I, so I started as a prisoner because I wanted to get into magic and he starts with a, a magical staff. And so I've been putting points into uh, decks and intelligence, I want to say, and a little bit of faith. Um, so I have pretty high intellect, um, but I also, I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, most of my YouTube recommends at this point are Elden Ring videos, and like I, I've been looking up some guides for stuff, and that's helped me like figure out some of the stuff. Like when I first started, I I could not understand how like the bow and arrow stuff worked, 
And so I haven't even used a bow and arrow. Well, I, it's mainly I think for like uh, decks build like melee characters. So mm-hmm. you probably won't use one, or you could get one, I guess, but it's not really what your character is sort of spec for. But um, like. I didn't quite understand how it works. You almost have to two-hand it. And so, uh, and similarly, in order to use the Ash of War on the Katana that you start out with as a samurai, you have to be two-handing it. And so I didn't mm. understand any of that stuff at first. And so just like, I, it, there was just like mechanics that I didn't understand why they weren't working as expected. It does not hold your hand. It does not explain most of that stuff. You kind of have to like look up videos and or like some sort of walkthrough or something to learn how any of that works if you've not played these games before but um i uh i was watching one of the min max episodes where they were talking about elden ring and ben hansen put it in a really good way where he said i feel like i am playing chess while wearing mittens and it's just like you you don't really have like you don't feel quite like you have the fine like control that you want to have no exactly in a lot of the situations and i was thinking about it and it like because i feel like it's a little bit clunky in your movement and your attacks because my attacks also feel slower than they need to be and like they don't deal as much damage as they should um at least in comparison to like how quickly some of the enemies move and how much damage they yeah. do. Um, but like, I'm sure the long time like Soulsborne people would disagree with that because they are so well adjusted to it that it, they don't feel that at all. Mm. And so I think it's a little bit like walking into like a dark room from being out in the sun where it's like, I can't see anything in this room. I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> whereas somebody who's been in the room for a long time, like they can see everything perfectly. So it's just like, that's kind of how I feel playing Elden Ring. And I'll have like a session where I'll sit down and I'll play for a little while and I'll feel pretty good. Like I'll be making some progress. I'll uh, take out some enemies and get uh, enough runes to go back to a, a Lost Grace site and level up. And then I'll like go find like a new map piece so that I can see more of the map and that'll feel pretty good. Like I, I made some good progress and then I'll, I'll jump in the next day and play a little bit more and I will just get destroyed by everything I encounter yeah. and it'll feel really bad. Cause it's like, if you're, you, you take out some enemies and you collect some runes and then you go somewhere else and you get destroyed. Um, and you, in some cases you're not going to be able to get your runes back and so then you can't progress and so not being able to progress feels pretty bad uh, so what's your are you going to continue to play it what's your takeaway is it captured you at all or no it it has it's one of those things where i keep watching more and more videos about it and when i am not playing it I am like thinking about it and like, yeah. Oh, I should try this. Or like I, I check out a new video and it's like, Oh, try do this. And it's like, Oh, I should try that. And so then I'll, I'll jump <laughs> back in and that's the thing. I'll though. try to make some progress. I, and then I may or may not have like a frustrating time and I'll quit and be like, why am I playing this? The again, I'm going to talk about hollow Knight again. Okay. Um, but like when I was playing hollow Knight. I would be playing it and then I would have to stop for some reason because it was like time to go to bed or whatever. Uh, and I would be like, when I wasn't playing it, I was thinking about it because I was thinking, what if I did this? It would make it more fun. Or like, th- I wonder what happened if I did this. But with Elden Ring, w- I'll play it and then I'll stop playing it. And then I'll be thinking about it a lot because I'm watching videos of it. But what I'm thinking about is like, oh, what if if I do this thing, I wonder if it will start being fun, mm. you know? Yeah. It, that's the, my problem is like I'm the, – the game right now is to try to get the game to be fun yeah. to me. To make it to a point where you start enjoying it. Yeah, I can see that. Exactly. Yeah, um, it is I, – I don't know why I feel compelled to play more of it because I don't particularly care about – the world 
and I don't yeah. know anything about the story or the lore, like none of that is interesting or compelling to me. And maybe it's just because it's sort of like Destiny 2 where it's just like supposedly it's there and you can watch a lore video to understand it if you want to, but like you won't find it if you're just generally playing the game. Yeah. Um, so it's not like a world that's like really pulling me in and making me want to learn more about more about it um so i don't know i don't know what it is that is making me want to play more of it but i do keep wanting to jump back in and try to make more progress but inevitably I'm in the I, same hit, boat. I hit a spot where i will come up against like some sort of boss that just destroys me and i'm just like I, will I ever get to a point where I can make it through this? Because it feels like right now that I, that I I won't get there. The point that I stopped at recently, I I did this like I think last night or the night no, it was the night before. Um, I found a catacomb. It was like a mining place for, where like trolls were mining, and I snuck around. I was sneaking around, and I did like two elevators where I kept going down, and eventually I got to the bottom most place, I believe. And I opened these big doors, and there was a boss, and then he immediately destroyed me. But then I, I spawned at the beginning of the thing, and so I don't know. I, I To get my runes back, I would have to traverse down all those ways. It's not something I can run through, I don't think. Like, I have to fight these trolls. And it's just like... Well, the catacombs that I... Wanna, I, the, I don't want to do The two that. catacombs I went into, you could shortcut it because the door to the boss room was like, you'd go down, you might have to pass like two enemies, but then the, the boss door is like to the left, whereas when you first entered... Maybe that is the case. You had to go to the right and go like open the door, so you had to like deal with a lot more enemies. It's possible that is the case, and I just need to go look at it again. But I was just, like, so defeated. I was just yeah. like, I don't want to deal with this right now. The, that's the thing. Generally, when I stop playing Elden Ring, it's because I feel extremely defeated. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can take more of this right now. Which is yeah. unique, because I don't normally, when I quit, like, when I'm done for the night playing a game, it's not normally because I just feel utterly defeated. <laughs> But that is how you feel when you play one of these games. But so many people are so into it. It's like crazy. It's like we don't under... It's like you and I are from the outside looking in. We just like... We can't... It's like we don't speak the same language or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, like, I watched a a video of somebody taking out Margaret the Fell, which is like sort of the first... Uh, a yeah. big like story related boss that you have to fight uh in the game and i will say like i initially when i started the game i followed the main path and i ended up at that boss and i was like well i know i'm not gonna beat this guy and i probably <laughs> shouldn't be here but i'm just because i'm here i'm just gonna try it once just to see what is going on and of course he destroyed me immediately um but then i watched a video and i was like okay, I can kind of understand how, like, how he's dodging and stuff like that. And so maybe I can see this boss is maybe not as hard as maybe I initially thought, but I don't know. I haven't actually gone back to try it yet. But I have seen that there's like a spell that is probably very high level that you can get that's basically just like a Kamehameha uh, that people just like wreck bosses with, but... Yeah, you probably have to have like the highest intelligence to use that. And yeah, I keep getting these videos recommended to me of like, oh, use this OP thing, and I'm like, oh, I need that. So I click on it to watch it, and they're like, okay, so after you finish the final boss, I'm just like, okay, this is not helpful. <laughs> Defeat this giant ogre, and yeah. then you Defeat can do it. Defeat this incredibly difficult boss, and then you'll be fine. So, oh, I need the thing to beat the boss, though now no i was watching conversely um who uh, what's his name dan tack of game informer he was oh, streaming yeah. the game on his personal twitch channel and so i was watching him play because he's a huge like soulsborne guy and he has this like frost stomp ability that basically destroys everything including every single boss that he encountered to the point where he was like, this is broken and they should probably patch this. <laughs> and I was like, I, I have seen that. I saw another TikTok video where a guy was like, this will get you a million runes in one hour. 
And the way you do it is you have to go to this super high level place, but you have that frost stomp or some other like big AOE that expands outward from mm-hmm. you. And then you kill these like little minion guys and you basically just do that over and over and over again. And it's like the best farming that someone has found right now. And you, you do get like thousands and thousands and thousands of runes in a very short amount of time. Yeah. But first you have to get to that super hard place. And then I don't even know how you get that frost stomp. I did also see, and it's something I might try soon, is I saw a video, it was another one of those videos that was, it was not by Boomstick Gaming, I forget who had done it, but it was like that, where it was like, this is how you can get pretty OP uh, early on in the game. And Mm -hmm. it was like, you can go to this area and find this thing that's like a consumable that makes it so that you collect more runes. Uh, Like it like doubles the amount of runes you collect for like a certain amount of time. Um, And then you can like go to this like teleporter that will take you to this area and you just run past a boss and don't trigger him so he doesn't attack you. And then you find mm-hmm. this enormous dragon that's like lying down. Um, and if you go around behind it, um, the smaller dragons that are in the area with it can't attack you. And so you can basically just stay behind it and just like chip away at its health until it is about dead and then pop that consumable and then kill it. And when once you kill the, the giant dragon that's laying down and can't get up, all the other dragons also die simultaneously. And so that nets you like, I think on its own, it's like something like 50,000 or like 75,000 runes. And then with the consumable popped, obviously it doubles that. And so you end up with just an enormous amount of runes. uh, And then you can just level up a whole bunch from that. But again, like if you do that, will it start making the game fun is my question. (laughs) you're still gonna have to play that same combat yeah uh, that's the question is will will i adapt enough to the combat to the point where it starts feeling good and not frustrating is the real question uh i don't know like i've been back and forth on it i've I, i and i wonder how much of it is when i'm in the overworld i am pretty much always on horseback so when I encounter enemies, I'm not fine fighting them like boots on the ground. I am like swinging mm. at them with my sword from horseback. And I wonder how much of that is like limiting my ability to adapt to the combat because a lot of the kills I'm getting in the overworld that I'm using to collect the runes to level up is happening from horseback as opposed to like actually engaging with the the actual like combat mechanics that I'm going to have to use to beat bosses. So I'm wondering if maybe I'm hurting myself by doing that. And that when I see enemies, I should just hop off the horse and fight them normally. But yeah, just to get a feel for it. So I have not gotten to a point where I am good at the combat or that it feels good, but uh, (laughs) um, there's just something about it that makes me want to try and, want to eventually get to the point where it does feel better or yeah i, adapt I agree i can't explain what that thing is but it's there should we talk about something completely different sure the kirby demo <laughs> should we go the exact opposite something super uh, easy actually before we they... jump into that let me say uh because i have come from playing horizon forbidden west which i have not finished by the way that game is also somewhat the exact opposite in terms of like open world and how it handles things elden ring tells you you nothing and you don't understand anything and you have to look up guide (laughs) videos to understand even like the basic mechanics of the game (laughs) elden ring is the exact or not elden ring uh horizon forbidden west is the exact opposite such that it's almost too much where like you'll be walking around an area and like a new objective will pop up and Ayla will literally like as if you know an allowed you know internal monologue she'll be like i should do this and like yeah i understand like i saw the <laughs> the you know checkpoint or whatever um it's almost too much uh if there was like some sort of in between between elden ring and horizon forbidden west that would probably be ideal but the sweet spot yeah 
But anyway, we can talk about Kirby now. <laughs> they dropped the, a, tra- uh, a, tra- a new trailer, but also a little demo you can get on Switch right now. And I, bl- you and I both played all the way through it, correct? Yes. What did you think about it? I, I enjoyed it. it. Like, again, coming off of having played the soul-crushing Elden Ring, <laughs> this was like a breath of fresh air, whereas I will say I was actually a little bit surprised by how difficult the, like, boss that you fight in the demo, like, at the last, I think it's the last level of the demo. What uh, power-up did you use? Um, I think it was the sword one where you, like, throw out... I don't remember if it was the one where I attack with the sword or the one where you throw those little blades that circle The cutter? Out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I got to a point where I almost wondered if getting rid of my power and just sucking up those stars and shooting them at him yeah. was maybe the better way to go. <laughs> yeah. I, I used the ice, um, and that was pretty cool because if you did it long enough, he would uh, like fully freeze, oh, really? and then it did like a bunch of damage. Like he would break out of it, and it'd take like a quarter of his health. Ooh. That's um, what I should have done then. I really liked it too. It is not uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, I have to say it's not as open world and like free flowing. <laughs> it definitely is courses. It's more like Super Mario three uh, D Land kind of. Yeah, but with a little more of you running around. Like there is a little bit where you can like go on rooftops and things. And it's possible, based on that other trailer they released, it's possible it does open up a lot more in other areas. Yeah, the areas are definitely you are not just, like, going as around. big as Super Mario Odyssey. But even yeah, those were true. like level based. It was still like. Well, this is just a level that you're going through. They just made them large enough that they felt a little bit more open-worldy than they actually were. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Um, I really liked it. I think I am going to get it when it comes out. I haven't pre-ordered it or anything, but uh, I thought it was pretty easy. But also, it was so easy that my girlfriend could play it. So it was fun to... This can be a game where we can like swap back and forth, which is rare. Yeah. Um, but uh, I came away with it... Uh, a little, I mean, I was a little bummed it wasn't fully like a Mario Odyssey style yeah. thing, but uh, still pretty impressed with how cool it was. I, I'm in a similar boat. I kind of wished it was a little bit more Super Mario Odyssey than it was, but I also liked it in- anyway. So um, I definitely think I will pick it up and play it, and I will probably enjoy it. And there, like, each level has like a bunch of hidden things to find as well so that will maybe Mm -hmm. uh keep me engaged even if like the combat doesn't necessarily but uh i'm looking forward to it i think i'll definitely pick it up and play it what's the next thing after kirby that comes out uh well so ghostwire tokyo apparently comes out on the same day oh yeah same day (laughs) uh and then after that i have a theory probably that i'm gonna talk about hollow knight again Okay. <laughs> so the fifth anniversary of Hollow Knight happened this 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 week or this year, um, and so because of that, they're re-releasing some like figurines, and there hasn't really been any news for a while. There was speculation that Silk Song was going to release in February of this year, which it did not. Um, but I feel like Silk Song is going to release this year, and so and it could be in June or July. That's just what I think. So that's something to look forward to interesting you think it's a thing where summer games fest they're like hey here it is that would be great i uh it's gonna be very good i think (laughs) is the thing uh i anticipate that it will be very very good um but it just remains to be seen i think i am gonna buy one of those re-releases of those figurines that came out well did you want to get into what we're watching yeah, I watched a couple of things. Uh, I watched Drive My Car. Did you watch that? I have not yet, but I want to watch it. It's on HBO Max. Um, it's good. I liked it. It takes place in Hiroshima, which I have not really seen a lot of, but uh, they go to cool some cool areas, and it's very picturesque. There's a lot of cool jazz uh, that plays, and it's a very melancholy movie. It did not hit me super emotionally, um, there are definitely some beats where I understood that things were supposed to be, you know, pretty, uh, not sad, but just like melancholy is a good word for it. Um, I enjoyed it though. Uh, it's based on a Murakami book that I have not read, or it's based on a, a collection of short stories, I think. And it takes something from each of those stories, but, uh, 
I'm a big Murakami fan, so I definitely, like, when I saw this movie was coming out, I've been, like, waiting to watch it. And now that it's finally out, for whatever reason, I still haven't. <laughs> I will say it's probably, it's not my favorite melancholy Japanese movie, I'll say that. Um, Which one is? Uh, I've seen a lot of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> you you weren't comparing it to someone else, something else, you were just saying, generally, yeah. it's not. Okay. Um, man, what's that one that I saw that I really liked? Uh, hold on. I should have had some prepared. Uh, what's that one? The Taste of Tea. Oh, yeah. I think it's a better movie. Yeah, I liked that one a lot, actually. That, I uh... I actually bought that on DVD eventually. Because you, you had given me a copy of it because you couldn't find it anywhere. And so you yes. gave me a copy of it, and I watched <laughs> it, and I loved it. So I... Years later, I was able to find a DVD copy of it. That is a great movie, and this one is more grounded in reality. Um, and there are some cool things that do happen in it, but um, and I like the ending a lot, I have to say. But it was just nothing in it really hit me uh, as hard, and there wasn't anything that I thought was super... I don't know. I'm not really a theater guy is the thing. And I think people who are into theater will get a lot out of this because it's like basically the production of a play that's happening. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, overall, I liked it. I, w- I would recommend it. Um, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing I watched is I watched the first three episodes of Our Flag Means Death, which I highly recommend. That's also on HBO Max. That's the Taika Waititi uh, Reese Darby thing where it's like uh, pirates. It's kind of in the style, not in the style of what we do in the shadows, but it's like kind of like a a funny comedy style similar sense uh, of humor exactly yeah yeah uh, I, pretty good i really want to watch this because i i'm a big takeaway td fan and i loved uh what we do in the shadows and i think reese darby is really funny so he's very very good in it and the first three episodes really flow really well and i'm very excited they kind of lead up to a thing that i think is going to be the rest of the season which i'm looking forward to um but yeah, I, I'm super into this. I think it's co- very funny and cool, and I'm very excited to continue watching it. I was bummed because like there was a while for in the the American what we do in the shadows was great to like come home to. We would make some dinner and watch that on Friday nights, and we haven't really had like a half hour comedy show since that stopped its latest season. Mm-hmm. And this is perfect. It's like the exact same, uh, very similar style of comedy, uh, and it's just uh, it's great. There's a bunch of little interesting side stories that I'm excited to see where they go. And they've had some cool uh, guest stars so far. So uh, I'm into it. I high, highly recommend. Two thumbs up from Aaron. That's cool. I'm definitely going to watch that here eventually. The only thing I've been watching is I've been going back through uh, Stargate SG-1 on Netflix. Ooh. Uh, and it's, it. it makes me think of uh, God of War because, you know. the voice, Oh, because Teal'c? Because of Teal'c, <laughs> yeah, who's the voice actor for the new God of War. So, um, what season are you on? Uh, I think I'm still. I'm towards the end of season one. I think it's such a good show, and like to an extent, it has like the the same like this is their version of that sci-fi uh, episode that like everybody oh, yeah. did, where there's like uh, an episode that I finished somewhat recently where uh, the main guy O'Neill. Um, like goes to this place and gets like super old mm. and it's like great oh, oh yeah i remember this the farscape version of this episode <laughs> I, I remember <laughs> the the star trek version of this episode <laughs> when uh sarah and i were thinking about getting a cat we eventually got a cat that already had a name but i really wanted to name a cat Machello. have you gone to the Machello app yet i don't think so which one's Machello? Machello is one where they go to this planet and there's like a super old dude there and him and uh, Daniel Jackson both like touch this machine at the same time and their consciousnesses get swapped in between each other. So this super <laughs> old man just becomes Daniel Jackson is like a man out in the town like having some fun like flirting with waitresses wherever they in Canada somewhere. Um, but the funny thing about that episode is Michello is just Daniel Jackson in old man makeup. So, and it's very clear, especially with like the HD remaster of the show. Like it's very clearly just the guy who plays Daniel Jackson in old man makeup doing like an old man voice. Um, 
and and he comes back every once in a while in like the first or second season they'll be like oh i think Machello made this machine remember when we met Machello? and i just thought it was very funny <laughs> that is funny so the, the body swap episode because there's an episode of exactly, that yeah. for every sci-fi show as well there's a body swap episode there's a groundhog's day episode there's a everyone becomes kids episode <laughs> Yeah, there was a, a Red Dwarf episode where they did that because they had that, like, time wand or whatever. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, like, not a full, like, episode about that in particular. There's just a scene where they mess around with that. <laughs> but, yeah. There's a uh, a Crystal Becomes My Double episode. Oh, yeah. I did watch <laughs> that one. I feel like that is a thing where, like, Someone will be away, and then something happens, and then for a while you think that someone is the real person, but then it cuts back to the original place, and they are also still there, and it's mm-hmm. it becomes apparent that there are two people, and they have to figure it out. Yeah, they have a double. Yeah, that happens in, I think, every sci-fi show that I can think of. I will say the one thing about early... I think this continues on, actually, but the one thing definitely about early episodes of Stargate is the resolution will happen and then it will immediately cut to black. Like, it's just super fast. Like, <laughs> well, what are they going to do now? And then someone will be like, well, they got to keep living. Immediately cut to black. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, solution. <laughs> there you go. Solution complete. Yeah. It was like the, the episode where O'Neill gets like super old. They, they like work out the thing. He's like, yeah, but I'm still old. And he, he's like, ah, you'll... <laughs> your body will revert to its normal state within a you know a week or two and he's like oh okay and then it just ends <laughs> credits <laughs> uh but i'm that's the Michello, i think the Michello one is they swap back and the Michello just like dies in his body and then i don't think anyone says anything and it just cuts to black <laughs> uh it's it was a good show it's a good show it was a different uh, different era of uh, TV as well. I th- yeah, because I think it started out on Fox, right, and then eventually moved to Sci-Fi Channel. Did it? Um, I feel so like, like the first couple I... seasons were on Fox. Really? Because there's like nudity in the very first episode. <laughs> oh, maybe I'm wrong about that. Actually, maybe it started out on Showtime. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Mm, I can see that. Yeah, because the it was one of the ones that swapped. I think didn't Farscape do that as well, where it swapped around a little bit and eventually landed on Sci-Fi Channel. Or was it always on sci-fi? I don't remember. I don't know. And I also don't recall because like syndication is obviously is a thing. So it right. might have just like ended up there. So I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, those are two great shows, Farscape and Stargate. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I've been, it's been like the thing that I'll, I'll turn on after I get off work. I'll come home and I'll turn on an episode of Stargate and I'll do my workout routine and it's pretty great great to do so between watching uh elden ring videos and stargate that's the only stuff i've been watching lately (laughs) trying to think of something i think i did watch something else but i don't remember what it is oh and i guess something that you might enjoy as well something i've been wanting to play that i have not uh picked up yet is a game called uh getsu fumiden undying moon have you seen this I think maybe you... Did you send me a trailer for it? I, maybe. I don't know how to spell that. Maybe so I cannot point. look it up. Uh, I could spell it if I had to, I think. But uh, no, down. it's a, a side-scrolling... It's sort of like a mixture of Dead Cells and Hades to an extent, where it's like oh. a kind of a side-scrolling... Um, Is it rogue, a roguelike? Roguelike um, game with like a really cool art style. Oh, it does look really cool, actually. Yeah, I really like the art style. The music is pretty good, too. I, I'm i into it. I want to play the game. I just have not picked it up yet, and it's because I have too much to play already. Yeah. <laughs> but the, it's something that I'm kind of keeping my eye on, like, all those, like, specialty shops that, like, go to these indie developers that have these, like, um, games that have only been released digitally, and they'll, like... Mm-hmm. Um, work with them to get a uh, physical release out so like limited run and super rare games and stuff like that I I, like keep going through those sites to see uh, if Gitsufuma Den will pop up on there and once it does I will probably pick up uh, a physical copy for the Switch so that I can play that but Mm -hmm. but I have not played it yet but it looks great 
Yeah, it looks really cool. The art style is really, really cool. Yeah, it's a very cool art style. Um, but that's it. Are we, uh, you think that's a show? That is a show, I have to say. I must say it is a show. So, uh, go ahead and follow us on YouTube and Instagram and Twitter at Starside Cafe. If you search for us on there, you'll find us. Um, subscribe to this podcast uh, if you have not already and uh, leave us a rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye.